Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tip Top Tech. This is a project by three college friends where we give you our two cents on today's tech news. I'm going to go ahead and start by introducing ourselves. My name is Mike. I'm Matthew. Um, I'm Haley. And we're going to go ahead and get right into it. So I will start with my article, my topic, which is about the Equifax hack. This is a relatively, uh, I guess, old news now. Um, happened a while ago that Equifax announced that it was breached. Um, and as many as, I think it's 143 million uh, Americans' personal information, including social security numbers, uh, driver's license, um, credit card numbers, I want to say, um, were uh, compromised, were um, leaked out of the system um, over a longer period of time. And this article that I read is from Wired.com, um, and it's an opinion article actually written by somebody named Ron Fine, I believe is his name. Um, he is the... Legal Director of Free Speech for People, a national nonpartisan nonprofit organization that advocates for democracy reform and corporate accountability. Um, and so he points out in actually a pretty fiery opinionated article um, that the, quote, entire reason for Equifax's being is managing individuals' most private, uh, most sensitive private financial data. Um, he notes that this is different from uh, other breaches, such as with Target or Barnes and Noble, because those most other organizations that gets that get breached are either retail or services or something, um, and their their uh, modus operandi is not to store sensitive financial data. Um, and so he was he was pretty fired up about how they failed to do the one job <laughs> that they exist for. Um, and what's interesting about this um, is that Equifax is uh, headquartered in Georgia, the state Georgia. Um, and in Georgia, there's a statute that says, uh, quote, state attorney general may file a lawsuit in a state court to dissolve a corporation if the corporation has continued to exceed or abuse the authority conferred upon it by law. Um, and this is called dissolution of, a, of an organization. And basically what that is, it's a restructuring of the leadership of an organization. So it does not completely um, destroy the business. It does not uh, prevent them from functioning. Um, and this guy, Ron Fine, recommends um, that this be the course of action taken with Equifax. Um, he points out that uh, the, what did he say, legitimate business lines could operate successfully afterwards under new ownership um, and that current employees and vendors could continue being paid um, and continue carrying out transactions during the transitional period. Um, there are some assets that would need to be dealt with, such as customer data, the software that guards and maintains that. Um, that could be sold off to competitors as a part of the dissolution. Um, and his final thought was, quote, Equifax has lost its justification for existence. Um, and so I'm interested to hear what, uh, what you guys, how strongly you feel about the whole Equifax thing and whether you think this corporate death penalty, uh, you know, so to speak, is, uh, is appropriate. I mean, what was it? I only heard about the, the whole hacking thing like what, what, a couple weeks ago. It was like from Philip DeFranco or something. He talked about it, and I was like, "Well, that definitely does not sound good." <laughs> yeah. And I almost called my mom, being like, "Should we be concerned? <laughs> like, did he get notified?" <clears throat> I well, actually did. I, I did call my parents and talk to them about it. It's funny that you say you almost did. That was like my immediate yeah. reaction. And now that I'm, I anyway, you were gonna say something. Uh, oh, yeah, it's like. Uh, it's 140 people, 143 million people. So there's definitely a good chance that you did get affected. There's it's like cool. 
Um, and they offered, I know for a while, they offered the, uh, or they're probably still offering, you can go in and put in, I think it's the last six digits of your social security number and like your birthday or something and check. Um, and it'll give you either a, your information was probably compromised or your information was likely not compromised. There's no hard and so fast like either a, way. Yeah, it's I like the probably. Probably not, but. You you got that yours was yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, mine was uh, likely not. But it's oh, so lucky. Well, I mean, kind of, <laughs> kind of lucky. Like, and the the big problem is that with an organization that houses that much data, that you know sees that much traffic in and out, it's so hard to keep track of mm-hmm. millions and millions of pieces of data. Um, and it's not like they were all taken at once. The I think more information has come out about the hack, and it was over. It was like a few entries at a time. Um, you know, it, they weren't pulling whole database tables. They were pulling entries in databases, like right. a few at a time, which is why. And so they know what, uh, if somebody explains this to me, supposedly they know what tables in, in their databases um, were compromised. They don't know what Specific. information from the, the, those tables was actually uh, released yeah. or uh, left the system. And so that's why they can't give definite answers. Um, but my, I guess my thing is, um, it, this is not like an opt-in or opt-out thing. Your information is collected um, and stored by this organization, by it's Equifax, Experian, and the other one that I forgot. Um, but the three major credit agencies collect all of our information involuntarily. There's no way that I can say, do not collect my information. They're all going to do it. And then now Equifax has failed to, to properly protect their data. And granted, I, I mean, if that would be... They would probably be my number one target if I were going to try to hack somebody is right a credit reporting agency. But I don't know. I'm in agreement with uh, with Ron here. I to me, it's something needs to change here. And the fact that the uh, there was what was it the executive VPs or something or some of the executive leadership uh, were found to have been selling off enormous amounts of their share after the hack or after the breach was found but before it was announced so there's like they're just trying to jump ship before i don't know i'm that sounds pretty telling to me i'm pretty fed up um yeah i guess we'll see but what kind of did you guys well i don't know if we see what we'll see you know what happened because the social security numbers don't change right like you can you can't just go get a new one of those um and so you know i i It'll be this will be something that I think has really, really far reaching effects as far as time goes. It might be five, ten, fifteen years before we any of us individually see ramifications from it if our data did get compromised. Because they're not gonna my guess is the hackers are not gonna try to open a bunch of accounts right now, right away, because this is when it's on the front of everybody's mind and people are taking precautions and whatever. It's ten years down the line when people have taken the freezes off of their uh, credit lines and when they're no longer monitoring their credit and when it's, you know, at that time when it's no longer front of mind that I think problems are going to start to arise. So I, I uh, yeah, I think Equifax really <laughs> failed pretty, uh, pretty miserably here. But so final verdict, Haley, do you think that they deserve the corporate death penalty? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Matthew. Like... Uh, roll out the guillotines. Nice. Roll out excellent. the guillotines. Roll out the guillotines. Love it. Okay. Haley, what did you bring to talk about? Um, uh, mine was a little more lighthearted, but still <laughs> sad did. in my opinion. Um, I don't know if you guys know that, like, on some of Google's, like, phones or, like, their Android devices, uh, the emojis weren't, like, circle faces. They were little yellow blobs. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blob emojis. Yeah, the little blob emojis. Okay, well, Google, like, is getting rid of them, like, permanently. I heard that. I have strong opinions. (laughs) I know. I love those little blob emojis. They're honestly, like, when I switched over to an iPhone, that was probably one of the things I missed most about on Android was those cute little blob emojis. They are so cute. I feel like they don't, to me, they don't convey the emotion nearly as... uh, as punctually as the iPhone emoji did. I, but I disagree. There were some, like, miss, like, consi- like, I know somebody sent me the emoji, you know, like, the, the sh- straight face, like, the, the grit kind of, like, look or whatever, the person. Oh, like the flat mouth or whatever? They're, like, gritting their teeth. Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. That emoji. Okay, well, when somebody the sent me The one that people that- send when they ask for favors. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, can you do this? Like, oops, sorry, or something. Mm, yeah. Like, they sent that emoji to me, and it, like, comes back as, like, this really angry emoji. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, uh, like, on, on so, iPhone like, or Android? On the Android. So, like, when iPhone users sent that emoji to me, it came back as, like, this super angry-looking emoji, and I was like, what did I do? <laughs> like, so, yeah, but Google is uh, getting rid of those little blob emojis um in their so new sad. like as part of the android oreo update oh yeah oreo's coming i'll never yep. update i'll so. never get a new phone <laughs> never gonna update <laughs> you heard never it gonna first. Update. matthew's phone is subject to security vulnerabilities due to lack of <laughs> updating from love of old emojis what do you like some what did you feel so strongly about matthew um, their their blobbiness. I, I don't know. It's it's just <laughs> I know. it's unique and the blobbiness. They're so cute. The, the new ones just look so generic. That's true. They do look just like the iPhone ones, and except a little bit worse. <laughs> less cute. Yeah. So hmm. some people like it's like you're either you either like really love the blob emojis or you really hate them. But <laughs> Who hates Google, them? I, mean, I don't. I'm not a those huge people, fan. Those people. And no, I mean in the what article, like, the article just kind of talked about like the problems between like Google's inconsistent like blob emojis with like the iPhone emojis, mm. or like the heart that looks... turned into a pink heart with hair on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That? <laughs> I didn't understand that. That was a Never. good emoji. <laughs> What on earth is that? Would that be useful? Who would? Okay, in what context, Haley, would you send someone a heart? That had like a pink, nice looking heart that all of a sudden just had hair all over it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like though I'd probably use it legitimately. A hairy heart? Yeah, sure why not? Find a good use for it. There, there's some oh, context where it it'd, it'd has be to unique. Have good use. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made it, right? I mean, like, <laughs> maybe. Who wants, who wants just a generic heart when you can get a hairy heart? Be special. I want a generic heart. That's me. I'm gonna volunteer for that group. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, but like they just kind of have been like working on transitioning. So the it's supposed to come with. Is it coming? Do you know? Uh, gonna be patched with the Oreo update, or is it before that? Yep, it's gonna be part of like the Android Oreo update. I don't know if it's coming initially. Do you know when yeah. the Oreo update is? I know Pixels already have it, or are already eligible to get it. Um, phones, but... Nope, I don't see a release date. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 that's a number. That's a percentage. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Okay. Almost. Well, yeah, well, all right, we have that to, uh, to lament once Oreo comes along. Hopefully the other features <laughs> will make up for it. They should make uh, emoji fonts. Emoji fonts. <laughs> 
like wingdings well, that exist. I think that like emoticons <laughs> already exist, but they they should make um, Android be able to use different emojis. I, that'd be so nice. That's I want my so blog oh, back. like different emoji collections. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I got you. Yeah, that would solve all the world's problems. Go build that library, Matthew, that allows the Google keyboard to use multiple emoji. Keep the blobs alive. Made that already, but you have to be rooted. Hashtag keep it. the blobs alive, like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, <coughs> Matthew, what do you have to talk about? Okay, with us. Um, I I chose an article on some spooky satellite. Um, the article was titled, This Strange Sensor Russia Sent to the ISS is Baffling U.S. Military Experts. <laughs> it sounds like the, it, the clickbaitiest article. It, it pretty much was. It's not that big of a deal, but I thought there was some interesting stuff in it. So, um, pretty recently, uh, there was uh, a Russian spacecraft delivering supplies, uh, like a data relay satellite and some mini-robot it was part of a social media campaign, and um, it also delivered a surprise payload Ooh. to the ISS, and um, they, they didn't mention it. It was just there, and um, somebody spotted it in some picture, and they were like, hey, Russian officials, what's that? And the Russian <laughs> officials uh, said, um, oh, oh uh, that, that's, that's uh, nothing, that's a one-time... Uh, just a one-time scientific experiment. Uh, it's, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, cool Russia. It probably has a military purpose, is what the experts believe, and it's possibly uh, related to proximity operations, which is uh, maneuvering one satellite close to another one um, for the purpose of repairing, tampering with, or destroying <laughs> oh man so uh that that was the interesting part of the article and the non-clickbait part <laughs> so is baffling military that's hilarious <laughs> so it could be part of that um hmm. well that's interesting that's i mean i <laughs> there's so much stuff going in and out of space that i don't how can i like i the fact that somebody happened to see this one to me is not indicative of that it's the first one. This doesn't mean that this is the first thing, the first military operation that <clears throat> Russia has put stuff into space for. You know, to me, that's I. I... Yeah, it was. It's definitely not the first. Um, I, I saw another article. Uh, <laughs> it was titled "Russia's Killer Satellite: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reawaken." <laughs> so Did you read it? The, what was it about? It, it was basically the same thing. Um, so. There, there were three of them, and uh, the author decided to call them killer satellites. <laughs> uh, and they're probably proximity operations. So, yeah, what they did was they just spent, like, really, really long time idling uh, to sort of shoo away any suspicion, and then started up, and then uh, got really close to other satellites. Oh, man. And who knows what they were doing. Don't we have to you like don't american astronauts have to tag along with cosmonauts russian cosmonauts to um actually make it to the iss though so don't aren't we kind of reliant on them to get up there do either of you know i don't know i don't know i feel like i remember hearing something about that though about how americans have to 
tag along on other countries' space travel expeditions. And we didn't used to. We used to have um, the space shuttle program, but then that got right, defunded. Yeah. Yep. So I think we have to go. I know that Russia's been a huge part of the building and maintaining the ISS anyway. So, yeah, that's... See, at what point does that become, like, an encroachment on international spaces? <laughs> I don't want to say waters, but... Um, I, that seems a little sketchy to me, but based on all the other sketchy political stuff that's gone on recently, it's not shocking at all. The article <laughs> said uh, America, China, and Russia. I was going to say Engage there's no in... way that the U.S. Yeah. has not also yeah, done sure. the same thing. <laughs> like that, we absolutely. If Russia has the tech, I'm assuming America has the tech as well, mm-hmm. and we have added it. Just like um, something got released recently, but my theory is that if the military releases that something exists. It has existed already for 10 years, and it's been in use for at least eight. And then it's just coming into the public eye after they've mastered it and figured out where... I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just a skeptic conspiracy theorist who's... I was just going to say, do, I, like, do we have now a like, conspiracy theory-like segment? Because I'm all... <laughs> oh, we should do that. We should do that as a segment. Explore like crazy conspiracy theories and break yeah, down... Talk about your about. favorite conspiracy theory. <laughs> Let's leave that for the next one. <laughs> we'll leave that for a future episode. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our entertainment segment. And the goal behind this um, is for each of us to, every time we record, bring in something that we have, some piece of media, whether that's um, a movie, TV series, book, uh, uh, podcast, uh, CD, video game, piece of physical art, or whatever. Uh, bring in a piece of media that we've consumed or created or something recently um, and why it's been impactful or why it hasn't been impactful. Um, <laughs> and I have stuff on both ends of the spectrum. But Haley, why don't you start? What's a piece of entertainment that you have uh, come across recently and why is it notable? Um, honestly, because of school, haven't been able to do a whole lot of media seeking, but I have been playing a bit of Overwatch. Nice. Like, more lately which is kind of nice it's the only video game i have time to play now so yeah, no. <laughs> um, talk about overwatch oh man we'll, <laughs> we'll talk okay. about it together talk about yeah yeah so yep so overwatch they're doing their terror fest oh yeah and, they have halloween specials right for the for anybody yeah. who doesn't know overwatch is a very highly stylized bright colorful upbeat fast-paced first-person shooter um where you play in teams of six, five, six, 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 teams of six play face off against each other um, on a series of several objectives. Anyway, it's uh, it gained humongous popularity before it even got released. Um, and it's maintained its status as one of the most popular video games um, of the last couple of years here. But anyway, not to yep. interrupt. So they're doing nope. their Halloween special. Yeah, they're doing the Halloween special, so they got a bunch of new skins, they've got, like, some different, uh, they've had, I mean, even just from playing it a few months ago, they've added, they've buffed some new characters, like Junkrat can now, like, well, this was a while ago, but Junkrat (laughs) no longer gets hurt from his own bombs, um, he can also throw, like, two concussion mines now instead of one. What? I know, it's great, I love playing Junkrat. That's a game changer, is Junkrat your main? Yeah. Nice. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> they have like. <laughs> amazing. Is May uh, uh, your main? Ha ha ha. I don't have one. I'm good at everybody. I'm good at everyone. I like Zenyatta. <laughs> oh, he's Zenyatta. Yeah, yes. 
I mean, I, I can't like actually. It's really easy. Really? Well, now yeah, that they like... adjusted a while, a long time, when I was still playing, they made it so that his uh, his orbs no longer have spread, so they all fire in a perfectly straight line. Oh, so you can yeah. get ridiculous snipes off of it, like he's now a sniper. Oh, yeah. Suddenly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I've definitely been sniped by a Zenyatta, and then I feel really stupid. I'm like, wow, how did how did that happen? You shouldn't, because Zenyatta's good. Zenyatta's really good. <laughs> Yeah, but they've added a couple new characters. Like, they recently added Doomfist. <gasps> oh, yeah. He's very, uh, very different style of play than I feel like any other character in the game. Is he, what class is he? He. Offense. Offense, okay. Yes. That's offense. interesting. He's, it's very weird to play as him, honestly, in my opinion. Like, it's such a different play style. Um, Mercy got, like, basically whole, like, reworked her. She can actually like resurrect enemy like her teammates now every minute or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like one or two at a time, right? Instead of the whole team or Yep, it's one or two at a time and then her like ultimate now is that she can fly around. So I'm like, that's cool. Huh. Boy, that and... makes her even more annoying, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know actually I mean a little bit, yeah. I, I... I'm pretty sure she's overpowered because, like, every team needs to have a Mercy now. Yep. Mercy's amazing. I've been playing as Mercy quite a bit, actually. Do you guys play competitively? No. Nope. What? It was, uh, Nope. It was... It's too stressful for me. I feel like I actually have to do good, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't wanna. It I feel sucks. like um, Mystery Heroes is a little bit of a good balance between quick play and competitive, because... I People love mystery heroes because they want to get uh, loot breaks. boxes. Loot boxes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hmm. I like playing the arcade games. They're nice. Yeah. But yeah. Nope. So. Would you ever oh. want? If you were good enough, would you ever want to be a professional Overwatch player? If I was good enough, like I'm if sure you had the skills, would you want to do it? Yeah. Why not? Really? It sounds like fun. Yeah. Aren't they saying like they're actually wanting to add like video games to the Olympics now? Oh, are they really? No, I yeah, haven't heard anything I could have about sworn, that. I, yeah, I could have sworn I remember seeing like an article saying they want to add like video games to like video game players to like the Olympics. And I know that you can already get scholarships for for playing like video games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some schools have like really serious esports teams that are better. What I wonder, boy, that'll be the day when uh, when ESPN College or ESPN, what is it, U, shows uh, shows an esports match. Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be interesting. When you, like yeah. Overwatch. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be insane. Hmm. Yeah, yeah Overwatch is a good game. Good well, game. Um, shifting gears completely, <laughs> I've been reading a book. Wow. Um, and it is called... It's called Unbound. It's by a guy named Richard L... It's either Courier or Courier. Um, <laughs> Richard L. Courier. It's called Unbound. <laughs> And it's about the uh, eight human, uh, he, the subtitle is, How Eight Technologies Made Us Human, Transformed Society, and Brought Our World to the Brink. Um, so the eight, it's basically the eight, like, uh, really, truly formative um, technologies that humans have developed. So, uh, so far I am like 20 some pages in out of uh, a couple hundred. <laughs> so not very far in yet, but Jeez. I'm, uh, I'm... We're talking about uh, familial familial relationships uh, among like primates and animals, um, and how those reflect 
human tendencies or rather how human tendencies now were derived from uh, those kind of instinctual uh, relationships and dynamics among early animals uh, or early early humans and primates and uh, other similar animals. So it's um, it's interesting. To be honest, the the, I re- the introduction is a little bit pretentious. Um, the guy, the author, I don't know if I can find a good quote from it, but the author talks about, um, he has a, a section in the, <clears throat> in the introduction called May the Fittest Hypothesis Survive. And basically he says like, uh, Galileo was almost... Um, when he pointed out, or Copernicus, I guess, when he pointed out that the Earth wasn't the center of the universe, um, was almost executed. And Darwin, when he first came up with this theory of evolution, was scoffed at and dismissed. And so even though some of these are unpopular theories, it, you know, it, they are not to be dismissed immediately. And I present what I think are truly the, the, the best answers to whatever. So I, uh, to, you know, these, um, he draws <laughs> conclusions from things and basically is like, you're going to think I'm wrong, but I'm not. <laughs> so I wasn't super impressed with the introduction, but I'm only 20 pages in and it seems, it seems interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I may or may not finish it. It's the first nonfiction book I've read in a really long time, but, um, maybe I'll follow up in a future episode and see how it goes. Moving on. So this is going to be our third regular segment, um, and it's called Everyday Philosophy, and we'll each take a couple minutes or a minute or so um, to discuss our what we think our answers to a question are. Um, so this week, the question I came up with is, can you train yourself to be creative? Um, part of the reason that I uh, started this whole podcast project is because um, I want to be more creative. I want to try to find um, ways for me to express myself that are not uh, video games or, you know, music. I've been playing music for a long time, but I'm trying to move into a different space, see what I can do creatively. But I also very much view myself as a non-creative person. Um, And so my question for both of you, um, and Haley especially, I, I don't know if you would call yourself a creator, but you, you're an artist for sure. And so you're a big part of what you do is making things, making new things or remaking old things or whatever. And so I think that's a pretty creative process. My question is, do you think, do either of you think that you can train yourself to be creative? If you can, I'd like to know how. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say yes. And then I want to say no at the same time, because I feel like some people are more naturally left brain than they are right brain. But I also know that in high school or like just even in art classes, now some people have a tendency they just want to <laughs> some people think that art is just like painting or drawing or something and it's not that like there are so many different other mediums like uh this one guy i knew he like sucked at painting he's like oh art classes suck but then he found out about like ceramics mm-hmm. and like his like he makes like gorgeous like m- like coffee mugs and like pots and everything so it's just a different way of thinking. I mean, I know I don't think I'm very good at sculpting or ceramics because I can't really think in that 3D kind of manner, like taking a chunk of clay and being like, make a cup out of it. And it's like, I can't do that. Hmm. But I can draw and paint and do all these other things, but it's mostly in like a 2D format. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like if people were given the resources and the opportunities and told like, hey, just being creative isn't necessarily like, you have to make g- beautiful, great drawings. It's like, it can be good at like Pinterest crafts. Like I suck at those. <laughs> so maybe, maybe what you're saying is everybody's creative somehow. It's just not maybe in the traditional formats of, of what we think of as like gallery art, right? Or museum art. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Matthew, what are your thoughts on that? Or about left brain, right brain? I know I in tests I've taken, I am very strong, very, very strongly left brain. Very logical, very like... <laughs> Step by step, which is, I don't necessarily think indicative of how I act. Um, mm-hmm. And I do try to be balanced in everything that I do. But I, I don't, I, hmm, maybe I just haven't found my media, my medium rather yet. Um, right. My creative medium. But I don't know. What are your thoughts, Matthew? Um, I, I would like to find a creative medium that I can be creative in. Um, well, you do. I, I don't think I've found it. You do. Uh, you're right now, and this is moving into our next segment, which is going to be about hobbies. Um, kind of what just to for the listeners to get a uh, mm-hmm. better feel for us and our personalities and what we're like. Um, we're going to talk about what kind of hobbies we partake in. But so leading into that, then Matthew, you do coding, don't you? And you and that's more. I mean, I suppose it's right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you code or not? Last time I was over, you were coding. Yes. <laughs> um, so you right now you're trying to learn Rust, right? Rust. Yeah. What are you trying to make in Rust? Do you have an idea? Um, a game. Okay. Do you know? Do okay. you have ideas about the game? You don't um, need to tell what they are, but maybe generally. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you heard of Dwarf Fortress? I think I've heard of it. I don't know much about it though. Okay. So, um, basically, it was one of the games that inspired Minecraft, and it's a um, if you look at it, it looks really, really old. Um. It's all uh, just the letters and characters um, on the black background and their colors. And um, maybe you could find a picture of it. Is it kind of like a DOS box game almost? Yes. Yes. What is is it called? Dwarf Fortress. Fortress. Yeah. So. um, Okay. Yeah. I I haven't played it very much because it's so unapproachable. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yep you can see what i mean there um so yeah you you have a little dwarf caravan and then you settle somewhere in the world and then try to make a settlement oh geez oh man and the graphics are atrocious (laughs) (laughs) um you you can install uh tile sets to make it better but uh the ui is also atrocious and it's impossible to get anything done uh you have to install um a third-party program club called a dwarf therapist that (laughs) just edits the memory so you can actually do things um so i i want to um make a game like dwarf fortress you want to make good oh i was gonna say you want to make a game that's unapproachable and obnoxious (laughs) and requires plugins just trashing this game yeah i want to make a game that's exactly like this (laughs) Yeah, well, that's cool. And see, that's, again, that's a non-traditional, um, not, you know, not a standard form of art is is trying to make a game or trying to improve. I also think that there's something to be said for reinterpreting something. So even if you, I don't think you're going to do this, but even if you were to take a part of that, a part of uh, Dwarf Fortress and try to recreate it in a different manner or a more approachable manner to make it look better, to improve some aspect of it, I think that is creative as well. Um, and maybe it's not the entire creative process, right? Just like to, to bring this back to computer science because we're a bunch of nerds here. There's um, it's, there's a very big difference between like uh, databases and backend development and front-end development um, versus, and versus full-stack development, right? So 
maybe someone's not creative in a full stack sense that they can, uh, you know, conceptualize the idea, figure out the medium they want to do it in, whether that's a game or a piece of art or, or I mean, like a physical piece of art or a drawing or a sculpture or whatever, um, you know, gather the materials and then actually follow through and then create something that they like. That's, you know, I think that's especially rare, but uh, we fall into the trap of assuming that that's what it means to be creative is being able to create something completely original that's, you know, not influenced or not, uh, not, um, pulling too heavily from anything else. And I think that's a, you know, I think that's a mistake. Um, but I'm, I'm really intrigued by this whole idea of innate creativity. That's something that's, I guess, an approach that I haven't taken, um, on it. And maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just because I haven't explored the right, uh, here I go talking about me again, but maybe it's because I haven't <laughs> explored the right, uh, medium for me, what, you know, where I'm really feel comfortable expressing myself, but mm-hmm. Hopefully, when I'm making my uh, Dwarf Fortress clone, I can hopefully not clone too much of it and introduce <laughs> some uh, original mechanics. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool, though. That's really cool. So that's... Okay, so you're coding in Rust. Are you yeah. making anything... I mean, I know you're still trying to learn the language, but are you making anything else other than the game? Uh, no. Okay. But... You don't need to be. I'm just curious <laughs> if you were or not. Awesome. Best of luck with that. That's uh, yeah. Maybe we'll follow Thanks. up in a future episode and see. You might need it. <laughs> how you do it, Haley? What are uh, what is one of your hobbies? What's something you've been up to? Um, I would consider digital art a hobby. Um, also because I'm in a digital art class currently, so that's how I'm doing art now. Is <laughs> only have... through art class. That's awesome. No, that's really cool. Do you have like a like a subject that you like to paint or a, a, a theme, you know, that follows through. I know I've seen some of your work and it, it's got kind of like ethereal sort of galactic themes sometimes, right? But is there... Yeah, right. That's just been kind of because I've been like, I don't know why. I think I saw some like space kind of art and I was like, I want to do that. And then that's just like literally all I do. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to try to do something that's not space. And then I'm like, wouldn't this look cool though with space on it? <laughs> when I put space in it. So. Nice. Have you made anything recently that you're really proud of? Um, yeah. I It was for art class. Um, we had to do, uh, like, portraits. And they weren't necessarily, like, you know, just straightforward kind of portraits. Like, you know, take a picture. And you had to, like, um, edit it, manipulate it somehow in Photoshop. Uh, and I took a picture of the Chainsmokers, Mm. And I created a double exposure look and kind of hard to explain double exposure. Basically, it's like you can see the person, like let's say we're doing a double exposure with a person and like a picture of like a mountain or something. It's basically like you can see the person, but it almost looks like they're part of a mountain oh. or it's growing out of oh. them. It's it's very like weird kind of looking, but also yeah, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it like this? Oh, okay. Exactly. Listeners yeah. are going to be <laughs> sorry. Yeah, guys. But... I'm showing a picture of what double exposure looks Listeners like. I just Google it. it. Yeah, feel <laughs> free to Google, Google double exposure. I actually am a huge fan of this art form. So you made something like this? Yeah, I I did. Um, again, I can like I have a, a copy of it. I mean, I'd love to see it. Could we make it the 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 art for the podcast? Actually, no, because it's the chain smokers, and that's probably copyrighted. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. So it's, I did that, uh, and it took a really. Yeah, really long time. Basically, I created like this effect where it looks like they have mountains on the bottom half, and then it looks like this is like open space, like almost I guess kind of looks like torn, and then the mountains are also reflected 
on the top half of their body, but they're upside down. Wow. So it's like very weird, like abstracty kind of. Yeah. No, that's really incredible. That's, uh, yeah. I'm very impressed by that. See, that's something that I feel like that's creative is that you took <laughs> two very like disparate things in the Chainsmokers, which are a, a pop or electronic music group, and mm-hmm. Mountains, which are like very uh, natural and very, um, uh, what would be the word? Very like, uh, I don't want to say animalistic, but Rocky. There's a word. <laughs> yep, Rocky. <laughs> mm-hmm, that. Rocky. <laughs> so you took rock and electronica and mixed it. Um. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. It's, yeah. Um, no, but we that's had to really, really with, like, cool. Thank you. How long did that, did that uh, piece take you? I did most of it in like a few hours. But then it took me about what? a week. Yeah. Oh my Thing is, though, is that the art department here at this campus had really crappy tablets in that they don't work. Oh, no. They're really old and they don't work. So I wasn't able to actually go in and finally erase things the way I wanted. So I had to go over to the other campus mm-hmm. and use their tablets. But mm-hmm. luckily, um, I complained and I told the professor, like, hey, these tablets are old. I don't even think reinstalling the software will fix them because they're so old that the, the drivers <laughs> are no longer updated. So they ordered new ones. Woo! Hey, nice. good for so, you. Look complaining at you making changes stuff. on campus. Yay! They're, like, brand new. They're, like, $350 tablets. Oh, they're gorgeous. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Thanks. Well, sweet. Cool. So digital art is yours, and coding is Matthew's. One thing I've been doing recently, trying to get more into, is tennis. Um, so this fall, I've been taking tennis lessons um, once a week for, I think there were six weeks. Um, actually, tomorrow is supposed to be the last one. I'm not going to make it, unfortunately. But... Um, tennis is something I've always had an interest in. Um, I just haven't made any effort to really be a part of it. Um, I think by the time high school came around, I was, I actually, I played lacrosse, um, and boys tennis is a spring sport. Um, and so that didn't work anyway. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were, some lacrosse guys are pretty bad, but, um, you made me lose my turn of thought. Uh, but (laughs) tennis was not, um, you know, the thing for me in high school. And then, Unfortunately, at college, they ripped out the tennis courts that were on our campus to put a parking lot there, which I'm glad they did because it was nice to have that parking lot. But then we didn't have <laughs> tennis courts for almost the entire time that I was at uh, at university. So I didn't get to play really in college. And now this now that I'm on a, a, a sort of regular eight to six schedule, um, I was like, hey, this is something I'm interested in. I've wanted to do it for a long time. So um yeah, I picked that up, which is a ton of fun. Um, obviously, good exercise, but it's really rewarding. This is one of the most rewarding things I've done in a while because I've seen visible improvement in the way that I play over five lessons, five one-hour lessons. I've gotten noticeably better, so that's been super rewarding for me. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you guys uh, had, were interested in talking about, had to talk about, wanted to bring up? All I was going to say is that I started watching the um, Assassin's Creed movie. Oh, really? It's it's bad. It's just <laughs> Oh no. Whoever made this movie, first of all, it starts off with like words, like on the screen, like you have to read the screen. No, no, that's <laughs> not what I go to movies for. <laughs> I know. I'm like, "No." <laughs> oh no. I'm like, this is already off to a horrible start. And sure, it's just weird. So, Ooh, speaking of bad movies, I recently watched uh, cuz my roommate is watches a ton of movies and tv um i recently watched transformers 5 what is it called the last night 
the one where Optimus Prime turns bad with oh. Mark Wahlberg is in it. And it oh. is so bad. It is no. so bad. My roommate was uh, <clears throat> not happy with how much I complained about the movie the whole time. <laughs> he was giving me grief for that. But um, No, that's no. horrible. Bad movies. We could have a bad movie segment. Except I don't watch enough. I could talk have to watch bad movies. <laughs> That's true. We'd have to specifically search them out, <laughs> find bad movies, and watch them. Life's too short to watch bad movies. <laughs> Life advice with Haley. Life's too short to watch bad movies. <laughs> Life's too Haley? short to watch movies with Mark Wahlberg in it. <laughs> Ooh, amen to that. Anyway, thank you everybody. Thank you to Haley and Matthew for joining me tonight to record the podcast thank you to our listeners thank you to our sponsors just kidding we're not sponsored um this has <laughs> been you. tip top tech thank you very much for listening and stay sharp everybody bottom bottom bum bum goodbye